Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another wonderful episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is yes. Jordan, with a silent PH in the middle, and I'm a little loud, so I'm gonna lower my mic. Uh, very, yes, we got, we got merch, there's t-shirts. I'm wearing my uh, D4 Magic Missile shirt. It's so exciting. Uh, the uh, shirt Lucian is wearing was designed by my good friend Aaron, um, mm. and uh, this one I made. I like tried to design stuff. And speaking of designs, you probably saw the Dungeon Master patch if you were waiting in the pre-show. Um, and I have made a plethora of patches and badges, and I sent them all off to Spring, formerly Teespring, the like uh, printing service that I partnered with. Um, and they're gonna make a whole bunch of patches here soon. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna have a pre-order and I have patches for every class in the game for a TPK, for a GM and a DM. And then uh, you buy them. That's hopefully what will happen. <laughs> and then when you when you buy them, and then the idea for me was I wanted to do like achievements in Dungeons and Dragons. So it's like, oh, I, I play a bard. So you get like the bard patch or sticker or something. And I think I'm gonna release them as stickers as well. Uh, but I just have to wait for Teespring to get back to me and then I'll put them up in the store, but it's gonna be uh, uh, however many are ordered get made and then we're mm -hmm. done. And we might do another sale later on, but like for right now it's gonna be done. Um, but I think it'll be a lot of fun. You can buy them for your friends. The TPK ones I'm especially excited for because that's a fun <laughs> like, well, you guys, you all died, but here's here's a patch. Yeah, D&D Scouts, exactly, AJ. <laughs> This is exactly what we're doing. So you have to earn it. So at some point you have to have the TPK. Exactly. Yeah, you got to earn it. So uh, anyway, welcome, everybody. We have uh, a lot to talk about because last week we had Dungeon Master Nathan on, which was a very fun conversation. And then the week before yeah. I was sick. So there's actually quite a bit of stuff to go over. <laughs> um, and I guess we'll start out with Fae Ancestries, which was the last uh, unearthed arcana. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, yeah. That came out from Wizards of the Coast. Uh, I read it, but I don't have it up, so I'm going to pull it up right now. But thoughts, Mr. Lucian, on Fey Ancestry? What's the next book? Well, I think, the, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> everybody was like, what's the next book? Now we're getting that. So I think that was the cool thing about the whole thing. Um, and, you know, they had the rabbit folk, and mm -hmm. I think that was the one that everybody kind of focused in on. But I like the idea of... Um, the animal style humanoid anthropomorphic like, humanization yeah, i love <laughs> like i threw them in my uh i wanted like a bear people right i just want you know big bear head big bear bodies but they were they were humanoid they had regular hands and they had regular feet and they were you know regular type people that were bipedal yeah i just loved it and i wanted that so bad so i put it in my revenor campaign and I'd looked all around. There's lots of third party stuff you can find because there's lots of people I think that are also into that. But I just ended up making my own just to make it fit because I just love the idea of just like when you're in, in some of the other games we played like World of Warcraft or stuff. You have the Tarans, which are kind of like, you know, big, big bulls mm -hmm. and cow kind of people. And I like the idea. You have cat people like Tabaxi, but then you don't really have a lot of dog people. I'd love a bunch of dog people, like a bunch. You could have like Rottweiler type people. And, What's that? You know, yeah, like Pugmire, Doberman. I think, or something. Pugmire. Yeah, yeah that, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then you can have mouse people, and you can have bird people, and you. I mean, you could really go in a lot of cool places with it. And they can wear armor, and they can use weapons. And you're not really, you know, you're not just making them that in that way. They're they're still humanoid in some ways, so that you can still kind of connect to them. Um, no, I'm not secretly into the furry stuff or any of that, but I do like the idea of having those in the, in the game and stuff. Yeah. What about you? Like it was definitely, so I was surprised cause it was called folk of the Feywild, which pretty much mm -hmm. is just like, this is going to be a Feywild book or something that's going to happen out. And, and we know that the college, like some of the bard colleges and the, the undead, uh, extra attributes, creature types you can put on yourself is coming in Ravenloft, the book mm -hmm. that's coming out in um, May, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and this was very much the same thing. You are a fairy, but your creature type is now fae, uh, or you're, you're a humanoid, but your creature type is also this. Um, I thought it was interesting that hobgoblins were in here, because we have that's hobgoblins, don't we? Really talked about as a weird one, yeah. yeah, because in that they were fae, people weren't sure, but you know, like, oh, I think, 
that goes back to like if you go into mythical stories, maybe that's where the hobgoblin yeah. stuff starts, and you kind of if you bring it back to that. Yeah. Do you think this is going to be more for a kind of like how the satyr and the dryad were for Magic the Gathering? Do you think this is for another Magic the Gathering book, or is it going to be a Feywild book? Because it says Feywild, so it's kind of well. I have never seen any rabbit people in. Yeah. Magic the Gathering. So I'm going to lean more towards a Feywild uh, style game because I mean, I mean, we could play Kitsune people. You could play. I saw somebody's other favorite one. They wanted to, they want to play Fox people or they yeah. want to, you could do fish. I mean, because we have we have lots of them, really, in some ways, if you think about it, because we have turtles, we have Leonids, right? Those are our lion. Oh, people. the lion people. Tabaxis, yeah. the cat people. We have two bird people. We have Kenku, Aarakocra. Mm-hmm. We have, what's the the catfish people? Loencanth as a playable race? Yeah, I've never used them, but I can look We have frog up. people. <laughs> yeah, Bullywugs. Well, no, no, no. Uh, there's another frog people. Who am I thinking of, chat? There's different frog people. You're all over the place, sir. It's ridiculous. No, that's playable that you can play. Dragonborn, Dwarf, Elf, Halfling, Half-Elf, Gnome, blah, 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 Orcs, Leonin, Satyr, uh, Eric Okra, Genasi, Goliath, Asmar, Bugbear. Bugbear is what I'm thinking. No, there is Hobgoblin right here, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kenku, Lizardfolk, Kobold, Tabaxi, Lizard Triton, Yuanti, Feral, Tieflings, Turtles, Changeling, Warforged, Shifter, Gith, Centaur, Loxodon, Elephant People, Minotaur, Simic Hybrid, Verdan, Lokatha? Lokatha? That was the one I was thinking. That's the, the catfish, catfish person. People. Grung. Yeah. Grung, Which are bullywugs. They're great, yeah. Grungs are awesome. <laughs> they're called them bullywugs. <laughs> but yeah, so the unearthed arcana, there'd be the Hexblood, Fairy, Dampir, Alfolk, Rabbitfolk, Reborn. All of these are really cool. Yeah. Yeah, to so be like a humanoid construct. That's kind of fun. So yeah, these are probably going to be tied to another campaign setting. Um, that'll be fun to do like a Feywild campaign. I was kind of more hoping for a Shadowfell campaign setting, but maybe the well, I want them to Ravenloft. No, I do too. Yeah, I want I want Feywild, Shadowfell in the same book. Make it big, make it half and half. Yeah, and give us some really good goodies in both of them, and I think that would that that would sell like gangbusters. I think I think there's a big uh, population of gamers that would love that. Yeah, so. no, and I, I I've said it before, but like it needs to be a really thick book that is like Feywild on one side, and then you reverse the book and it opens mm-hmm. the other way, and it's the Shadowfell, and that would be really awesome. Um, and then in the middle, there's one page about the prime material plane. That's that's <laughs> just one tiny. Snippet yes, just one like, like. And a, then when you yeah. cross this barrier, you're into some like normal, annoying things. It'll be awesome. Um, so, yeah, I think it's exciting. I mean, it's funny that we were getting away from this whole idea of races. And now we are very much back on the train of races. That is also something that's been very intrinsic to D&D. And maybe race isn't the right word no because they changed it in that guide didn't they didn't they say ancestries they're leaning into that word. they're leaning into ancestries yeah Yeah. but uh this document features four new race options to play test so the word race is in this uh faithful document um i think they're gonna phase it out but the idea that we don't have to like i can be a, a rabbit folk with uh whatever stats i want um, but you're, you still have things like your size and your speed and your rabbit hop. Those are all tied to, you know, the ancestry you chose or the race you chose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we really just got rid of the fact that you, you could put your stats wherever you want. Like being a rabbit folk doesn't mean I have plus two decks. It, I can put that wherever I want kind of a thing. Um, yeah. so I don't know. It's kind of, it's interesting that we're, we're, they're shifting away, but they didn't at the same time. And I don't know, maybe that's, it's a big company. Maybe people just didn't know what was going on, but yeah. Yeah. Well, so. I think it's the last bastion of this style. And I bet here's my big bet for sixth edition. They remove that completely and it turns into you pick any type of way you want to look and call it whatever, um, ancestry or folk that you are but you'll get to choose your stat bonuses and you'll get to choose abilities and you can explain why you have them so you'll you'll at some point i bet in sixth edition you'll be able to choose human but you'll also be able to choose night vision for one of your choices if that's the one you want to take instead of hop or instead of 
extra tough or, you know, there's just going to be that list that any, any of them could get. And you're just going to get to pick like one. Yeah. You have to make a decision of which one. And then you just explain it through. But I, I don't think they will because the game is so tied to like, but I'm a dwarf, you know, like, and so you're like, okay, we're, and you, they, they want to give us the tools to do that. Like I 100%, but when you have a new player and you're just like, and the player's like, I want to play a dwarf. It's really easy to hand them dwarf. As mm -hmm. opposed to, well, if you want to do that, you're going to have to take stout and poison resistance and beard growth and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And although that's fun for a more advanced player, I don't, I don't think they'll ever do that. Like, I think they'll, they'll do what they did in Tasha's, where they're like, here's the tools to create your own custom race. So if you are like, hey, I want to be a dwarf, but I want to give up my uh, poison resistance for. I don't know, extended night vision because I lived way deep and ate mushrooms that took away all of my harsh stomach acid. I don't know. <laughs> and so, but you could do that. That's fine. But I, I don't think they're ever going to be like, here's just an open sandbox for you to build whatever you I'm want. I'm wondering if sixth edition is to get away from the problem of stereotyping things, which is what they seem to keep getting themselves in trouble with is, perpetuating stereotypes and yeah somebody will call it a harmful stereotype and then then they're in trouble because somebody is offended by the harmful stereotype yeah so i and i keep thinking they're just going to move their game out of that i mean pathfinder bad, they changed their you know? their they they pretty much did what you you're saying um yeah. and and they call it uh your heritage or your ancestry i forget but uh very similar like you just kind of like okay i want to be a dwarf and then you pick like, I don't know, from these dwarfy attributes kind of a thing. But yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, I, I think that I think it's too tied to the game. But like I, I for fifth edition, at least maybe. But like for sixth edition with a brand new whatever, they might they might things. Yeah, I wouldn't so. think they would do it for fifth. I wouldn't think they would try to retrofit everything they've done this this way. They would just here's some extra rules. And if mm -hmm. you want to use them, you can use them. That's definitely the, the model for for fifth. And are we can we start saying, do you think some people have been proposing this? that we're in 5.5 at this point? Um, I don't think anyone will ever say that because 3.5 specifically was we made a broken game. And so here are some patches <laughs> and that's what they did. Uh, they have definitely expanded the rules. So it's a, it's not a super different game from the beginning, but you know, mm -hmm. they didn't reprint players handbooks to be like, here's the fixed ranger. Like they didn't want to do that. Um, so I don't think it'll ever be called 5.5, but we're definitely in a new fifth edition era. Like it's very different from when it started. So. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be different than 5.0. We got to give it something. We're <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> 5.2. Yeah. 5.10 alpha beta Seven, 2, something like yeah, that. Patch 25. <laughs> um, there's always controversy going on in the world of Dungeons and Dragons, it feels like. And uh, <laughs> POC Gamer is on the Twitters and he was very upset. And I read his tweets, but I don't know a ton about this. Um, but either, he wrote so for, he wrote for Candlekeep. Yeah. Candlekeep Mysteries. He wrote one of the adventures and he basically mm -hmm. outlined like, here's what working as a freelancer is for Wizards of the Coast. And long story short, it's not the best. And mm -hmm. Wizards definitely is tapping into that social media market which is there's nothing wrong with that, but they're hiring all of these freelancers and they're getting their input in writing. They, they come back, they heavily edit it and they manipulate the story however they want because they own it now. You, you just gave them everything. I mean, they paid you, yeah. but like you, there's no royalties or anything. Mm -hmm. And then from there, they put your name on it, you know, Jordan, boom. And then they go back and they say, hey, before you get to read what we printed, make sure you're piping it up on social media and all this other stuff. So when this book came out, Candlekeep Mysteries, uh, he was very upset because apparently a lot of the stuff that he had included was very changed or, or was changed so much that he asked Wizards of the Coast to take his name out of the book. And I thought that was pretty extreme. Like that's kind yeah. of... Even if you don't, like, if you want to work in this industry, even if you're not working at Wizards of the Coast, having your name tied to a Wizards of the Coast publication is going to look really good when you go other places, I think, whether you're happy with the outcome or not. So I'm really curious. And I and I, he probably legally, because he doesn't own it, he couldn't print his version of the adventure at all. 
but mm -hmm. I would be curious to see the difference between the two. So, yeah, I think it's that weird thing that maybe a lot of us don't know is just the consumers of the games that they still work on what I would consider to be the normal publishing model of they hire writers to create intellectual property, but it's for wizards and wizards owns it completely. Every bit of it. You're not loaning them your art or your story. You're not um, retaining any ownership over it when you hire on in that way. And I think there's other ways that you still can own, like in, when with Matt and he's doing it with Arcadia, their artists can still go out and sell prints of that art. They're not just building the art for his. And I think yeah. they can do anything. The way he works with the writers and stuff, it's not just their IP. It's also the writer's IP. Yeah. That's not a common thing. Normally, you were paid for a job, mm -hmm. and then the end product is the companies to do whatever they want to with it, which can be good or bad, obviously, especially about your opinion. I think if he was writing a story where he had certain plot elements that he was trying to, I'm trying to tell this type of story, and then somebody else comes in editor-wise or a different person comes in and says, I kind of see what you were doing, but we want the story to do this thing. That could be pretty disconcerting. That could be pretty upsetting. Mm -hmm. If you're like, oh, no, no, the whole reason I wrote this story was to tell this dramatic thing about how being having lots of power must have lots of responsibility. And now my story has nothing to do with lots of power means you must have lots of responsibility. You changed yeah. it to this other cool. And maybe that thing's good or maybe that has its own thing, but it wasn't what I did anymore. So I, but I see it from both points of view too. Oh, yeah, yeah. A, writers to write something and say, but we're, you have to know going into that, that they could change the characters, they could change the plot, they could change the setting, they could change the tone. Maybe they wanted to make it more funny. Maybe they wanted to make it less dark. Maybe they wanted to make more family friendly. I didn't, I haven't read his, that story in Candlekeep yet. So I don't have any opinion on it at all. But I think he ran into that kind of, um, that truth that maybe most of us don't know about because we don't submit that kind of stuff that these companies are corporate companies that, you know, take that product and they do with it as yeah. they will. I mean, Hasbro would have done the same thing. Or if you had gotten to write an episode for Netflix and Netflix editors come in and changed a bunch of stuff. That's well, th yeah. Think about, think about old uh, sitcoms. You used to be able to write, yeah. write, like I could write an episode of cheers, mail mm -hmm. it in. But like they have their team of people that are like, oh yeah, she wouldn't say that. And they'd like yeah, change yeah, the whole thing, out. you know, That's but they, they take the general gist of it. Um, no, it's, it's, it's back and forth. I, you know, coming from a, a theater world, I think a lot about uh, d directing. And so mm -hmm. if you wrote a play and I take that play and I produce it and I direct it and I do all the other stuff, there's so many people in there that change what the play is. Um, you have a director's interpretation of the script. You have actor's interpretation of the script. And, you know, there are some very wealthy uh, 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 playwrights that have in the past when they like, I don't want you to do this show this way. Um, mm -hmm. And particularly I'm thinking of uh, there's a certain show that they wanted to change all of the characters from like five men to five women. And the playwright was like, no, like absolutely not. Not not change them in like women playing men on stage, but like change the identities of those characters. So it is actually five women. And he's like, you can't do that. And th he won that court because it's like, it's my, my interpretation. And so uh, from this standpoint, it's kind of interesting where it's, I mean, it's kind of flipped a little bit because you're writing this and you're like, I don't want you to do it like that. But at the same time, you know, it's theirs now. And, and that's how I feel yeah. the same thing. Like if I wrote a play or, or heck, if I wrote an adventure and I'm like, this is supposed like a D and D adventure. And I'm like, this is supposed to be dark and gritty and da, 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 da. And then somebody takes it and they turn it into a laughing fest with puns and stuff. Like, I, I guess I could be upset about that, but at the same time, I can't, I'm like, I don't know. It's your, you're, you're doing what you want with it. Uh, yeah. This is, this is really different though. So I guess Another I shouldn't have brought that up, though. but like, it's, it's really different because it is money on the line and a game yeah. that I wrote for somebody to play is not money. So, but look at the, um, they just did the Snyder cut of yeah. Justice League versus what was released before. So this is a, this is an example where 
the creative got to come back and say, this is what I meant it to be. Yeah. Even though the studio that owned it had already put out their version of it. So you don't normally get that. The, the Normally you just get the version that the studio puts out and you just have to eat it at mm-hmm. that point. You just have to, you're done and you move on and you go work for somebody else kind of thing. I think the other thing would be like, if you're a photographer, there's a lot of people that are, that do a lot of great photography and they sell their photos to really high priced magazines and different places. They don't get to choose how that photograph is used after that. They yeah. just get the money for the photograph they yeah. get taken. So I think in some ways it's a miscommunication probably between the two parties and maybe it wasn't handled well on either side or one side or the other, but it was definitely just down to a miscommunication. I found it odd that he would turn it in and they wouldn't, they wouldn't talk to him or hadn't mentioned anything yeah. to him after that. And I found it surprising that they didn't touch back and say, Hey, we got your story here's a cool, here's the changes we made and thanks for working with us kind of thing. I would have thought there would have been a little bit more communication, but, well, but they're a yes. busy company. So maybe I'm, I'm no, just, I, I agree. I think there should have been more communication, especially yeah. when they're pushing these writers to hype up their stuff on social media, you know, like, yeah. like if, if they were like, we really want you to hype it up. And if, if a POC gamer is like, I'm not proud of this anymore. I don't want to hype it up. And yeah. he he wasn't forced to, but he was highly encouraged to. Uh, I don't know. It's it's. Well, I guess I'm did. always on the side of the little guy, and in this yeah. and in this instance, <laughs> I'm like, you know, POC gamer is the little guy in this instance, so I'm kind of on his side. Uh, yeah. But if if because it feels to me that if Wizards of the Coast was going to do all of these changes, I was like, you should have just written it in house. Like, there's no reason for you to collect a whole bunch of freelance writers other than you don't want to hire a core team of writers because of financial reasons, it's easier for us to outsource and get all these different people to write it for us. And then we have one or two editors that fix it how they want it, you know, how Wizards wants it. But so. I kind of felt like this book was about reaching out to I those did too. community. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're stuck at that point. If you're going to do that, if that's kind of how you're going into this yeah. book... Yep. <laughs> there is no, you know, I have my staff of writers. You know, yeah, exactly. And so it know, is, you know, and he said, and I'm not blaming anybody or anything, but mm-hmm. he said two things that I thought contradicted themselves. One, he handed it in and they never talked to him again, but somehow he was highly encouraged to go out and advertise the adventure. Yeah. Those two things don't link. So one of them's not true. So either they did talk to him after the fact, he handed it in, and they did encourage him to go out and say, hey, yeah, do all these things, or they never talked to him, and he was just talking to people out there, thinking about the way he had submitted his product, and then was very surprised when it was different. Uh, no, I read a, I read his blog, a blog post that he did, okay. and he, he specifically said, like, you are very encouraged by Wizards to go out and do this. So, like, when when, you know, it was announced and it's like, mm-hmm. it's go time. They were like, hey, and I saw, you know, Amy Vorpal, I follow her on Instagram and various things. And she did a whole like Instagram video about her adventure because yeah. that was all kind of part of the, hey, you're a big name in the tabletop world, you know, go talk about your stuff. So, uh, yeah. So, but sure speaking of all out. of this, it kind of yeah. translates into uh, MCDM and Arcadia 3. Because he's doing a very similar thing where they're reaching out mm-hmm. in Matt Colville, reaching out into the community and uh, James Intricasso, and they're they're bringing writers and artists in, but they're like paying them well. Not that Wizards doesn't pay well. I don't know what Wizards pays. It's probably all hush hush. But like mm-hmm. specifically, Matt's just like, no, we want to pay you well and we want to do revisions with you. And like, what do you want to do for this? And he's making yeah. Arcadia 3, which just came out. So, yeah. Um, and lots of fun uh, writers for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently this is, well, I shouldn't say apparently. It, it, it's good. Like the Arcadia series has been very good. I haven't read three yet, so I apologize. We're going to talk about it, but I haven't read it. There's um, two videos out. There's the announcement video that just talks about stuff at a high level. And then they do a Q&A with some of the writers okay. of the articles. That's much longer. And you can get some more in-depth stuff. But it is, you go to the Patreon page to, to pick it up if you... Um, you get it as like a Patreon, right? Or or you can buy it as a separate copy, right? Yeah, if you are a ten dollar patron or a five dollar five dollar patron, you uh, you get a download every mm-hmm. month, every week. But it's not retroactive, so you get you know that that issue for that month, um, or you can buy it for seven dollars. 
Uh, and it's digital and it's fun. I don't know. Um, well but put together. Yeah, work. and it, it looks really good. James Intricasso does really good stuff. Uh, he's a good lead for this and he's doing awesome things and he just cares about people and he's, he's a good guy. Um, but this one specifically had some new spells, uh, an adventure, always kind of comes with an adventure and three races mm -hmm. that revolve around dreams. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. I've been really liking these. I, I, it's funny because in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know what Matt's going to do? We're going to have like a year of these, like 12 issues. And then he's going to compile it into, you know, like the anthology of yeah. 2021. The and then you get this yeah. really cool hardback book of all the Arcadia issues. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's what I want more than I want these PDFs, but I want that hardback book. And I so. think they're working on their own campaign world right now too. I think oh, he's cool. said that a couple of times. And that's another reason he hired James and them. Cause not only are they doing Arcadia, but I think they're also working on a campaign. He's still got to get out his last, um, strongholds and followers and then, uh, yeah. war warfare, something in warfare. Um, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, the book. book we're all waiting for that's yeah, still that in one, my Kickstarter. But I think he's yeah. already doing a, a, the, the campaign world that he's creating, and that'll be really good. I, I mean, I like his um, fiction books. The world he's created there is fantastic. Mm -hmm. The world he did with the chain on their live play was really good. He is good at making world stuff, so I'm super happy he's diving into let's build campaign worlds for stuff because that's that's super cool. Yeah. So yeah. Kingdoms and Warfare. I like it. Uh, thank you, Jancy. Uh, so yeah, so anyway, Arcadia, I'm excited for this. I, I, there, and it makes me think of like, what is the future of third party content? Because if Wizards is kind of consistently letting us down, um, <laughs> and I, you know, consistently is a harsh word because I, I've been very happy with like the Icewind Dale book and uh, Tasha's seemed like a good step Tasha, in the right direction and things like that. Uh, but like, there's just little things here and there that it's like, I don't know. And Fair when it, 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 it kind of comes down to one of those things like, well, I could work or I could work. I could spend my money at a grocery store that treats their employers, employees awful. Or I could spend my money at this grocery store where I know they give their employees like retirement plans and things like that. And the mm -hmm. corporate people don't make as much money, but at the same time, like these, these are just happier employees. That's kind of where I want to go. And so I think about like, do I want to buy Candlekeep Mysteries or do I want to buy more Coville stuff? Do I want to buy co some Cobalt Press things like, or just indie stuff in general? I, I did so many or Kickstarters in the last little bit because it's been, I'm like, that looks like a really cool system. And I want to like adapt yeah. that for my game. My Kickstarter so, junkie. Yeah. So I don't know. It's weird being the like Forgotten Realms guy. Uh, and I'm going through a lot of uh, Ravenloft stuff and I'm excited for Ravenloft, but um, you know, you, I'm, I'm trying to build my Endegar campaign setting and I'm having lots of new ideas for that. I just got a new book called uh, The Quadrivium, um, all about uh, geometry, cosmology, and numbers because that's gonna play a huge part in my magic system. Mm -hmm. And it's fun to get excited about these, but like Wizards of the Coast is really, you know, they've got that nostalgia factor. And so they're just like, hey, here's Ravenloft. And people are like, oh, that's cool. And that is cool. But at the same time, like I want Matt, Matt's building a world like that's cool. Like mm -hmm. I want to see his interpretation of just whatever he's going to create. Like, I think that seems really fun. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, think third party content's where it's at. We've got like a space D&D uh, &D campaign that's uh, out now. I think Nerd Immersion was working on it and some other stuff. So there's mm -hmm. some anyway, there's really good. We should do a, a whole video on our favorite third party content, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like support what you can. Yeah. And if you can, I get it. Everybody, you know, we've had some tough years here and sometimes you're in this hobby and you're just, you're, you can only do what you can do. You know, your paycheck only lets you do what you can do. But if you have a little bit of that extra means, you do like to buy those. I like to think of just mixing and matching because one, I want D&D &D to continue. I don't want them just to Wizards of the Coast to shut down and that's it. Oh yeah. Gone. No. So I want them to still get a little bit, but I do love the underdog. I do love the one-off creator that's doing it all themselves. And they're putting a lot of hard work and soul, blood, sweat, and tears into it. And, you know, do their Kickstarters, buy their PDFs off of, um, 
uh, you know, the DMs Guild or whatever. In fact, buy them not from DMs Guild, so you can so they get yeah. the full money. I really think they should get the full money. Yeah, there's lots of hosting sites instead and, of doing yeah. that one. So you know, like um, I, I guess I go through Drive Through RPG. I'm okay if the hosting site gets a small percentage because they're doing all the hosting part. Mm-hmm. But like DMs Guild feels like it's a big percentage if I remember. It's over. It's it's like fifty. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's too much for me. So whereas for me, I, I want to go. I think Drive Through RPG you get. Uh, yeah. So Drive Through RPG I think you also retain the rights, but DMs oh, cool. Guild was specifically created so that I can use Forgotten Realms, Eberron, Ravenloft, Magic the Gathering settings, and when I use those, that means mm-hmm. that Wizards owns that. Um, so yeah. that's another thing. Like Dragon on the Mount. They could yeah. take that and put it in a published book, and I could see nothing because uh, they own it. Like I wrote it, and but I and I'm making a little bit of money off it. Like I think it's a dollar, so I make fifty cents every time I sell yeah. one. But <laughs> but it's that weird idea. Like, what if it did blow up? You know, like yeah. Jordan reaches a hundred thousand subscribers, and all of a sudden, then they change it, and it's called Howl Bear on the Mountain. Oh, I would be. <laughs> there would be words although although that sounds pretty there dope. would be tweets i would, I would see I would tell you that <laughs> i would i would play that game albert on the mountain yeah you're like and eh, that's actually the sequel but nobody knows yet um yeah <laughs> i should write a sequel and just everything's on a mountain and they're like this guy really likes <laughs> yeah. mountains that's weird on a mountain well and then don't do it on a mountain like on a mount and they're like mounted on something <laughs> and then on a mount and it's like a different word of the word mount <laughs> uh welcome to my pungent the punch. Um, what's Ben working on? I didn't even know about this. Well, Ben <gasps> has been working on Walking of Willoughby Halls. He All did right. a little Kickstarter. Yeah, Ben Milton, oh, fan of the show, uh, or friend of the show. He is yeah, uh, Quest and Beast on YouTube. He's been doing some really good uh, interviews. Uh, yeah, he did an interview with Dale Kingsmill. He did uh, uh, some other people. Oh, I'm, I'm blanking on the names, but he's been doing some industry uh, in, uh, interviews. It's been really good. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. So I like the yeah. So his whole uh, his whole party's in there. He's like the writer, and he's got all his family nice. as the playtesters. Um, Sam Mamily was cover and title and design. So he did a cool thing. This was the Kickstarter. Just a little adventure that's a quirky. He likes to write kind of quirky stuff for his couple because he's written a couple of um cool rpgs nave and um what was the other one that we the one right before nave i'm forgetting the name of it. oh maze rats. Some that are maze yeah. rats great for he creates them and then uses those to play role-playing games with the kids he teaches in his class because he's a teacher yeah and that's uh, really cool so this was just an adventure that's kind of agnostic you could use it anywhere seems pretty cool has some cool characters in there like helmet half sword uh apocalypse and mildred the goose that's fun Um, seems fun you know it seems like uh bone breaker tom the death knight and skeleton servants so all kinds of cool little stuff yeah he's a big osr fan which the osr OSR, is cool and uh maze rats i think is creative commons and you could take maze rats and reshape it into a game of your own but like yeah the art on that looks really cool that's fun so I thought that was cool. I finally got it in, came in the mail a week ago or so, and then uh, been wanting to show that off. So that's pretty cool. So good for Ben. Yeah. His Kickstarter's out. If you guys help kickstart him. Yeah, what is the, is, is it on drive-thru? Yeah. Oh, I don't know where else he put it. I just saw it through Kickstarter. What's it called again? Oh, I, oh, I have it right here. The Waking of Willoughby Halls by Ben Milton. Because if it's on there, we should link to it. Uh, No, not finding it. So it'll be on there eventually, probably. So there's a suggestion in chat that says you should name your company, your creative company, Jordan on the Mountain. Oh, it's really good. <laughs> uh, I don't think I, I haven't really announced this or anything, but I, I did start an LLC. There you go. Um, but uh, it's Silent Letter Productions. Oh, okay. which I thought was go. pretty good, too. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, maybe get the other one and just just I should. I'll register too. just the other yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or uh, the the mount one will be a subsidiary of Silent yes. Letter Productions. Yeah, because you're going to get you're going to get huge, dude. So you just oh, got to be ready. Hope so. So that was pretty fun. Other than that, it's kind of been um, a lot of video. Well, the survey is out for that was the reason I put in the Fey Ancestry. Scene. Yeah, they did put the survey out this week so you can give your input which usually means I'm betting they're about to probably send out another 
um, unearthed arcana pretty soon. I bet within the next, maybe at the beginning of next month, I bet we might see another one. So that could be fun. Keep your eyes out for that, possibly. Other than that, it's just been computer games for me. What about you? Uh, well, yeah, I've been playing. Um, actually, I've been so busy. Uh, I've been doing a lot of writing. I actually, I worked on my modular D6 game a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I really like where it's coming from. And I wanted to talk to you, mm -hmm. Lucian, about it and send you new yes. playtest material because uh, I've got some, I got some cool stuff. So that's been a lot of fun working on uh, my game. And then I think I'm going to tie Endegar into that game system. And, and like my Endegar campaign world, you can play it with any system, any fantasy system, really. Mm -hmm. But like, I also want to make it work with the one that I'm building so that if I release this uh, tabletop RPG I've been working on, um, mm -hmm. then at the same time, you could, uh, uh, you could, you get this campaign setting with it is kind of the idea. So, right. Yeah, um, yeah. but no, I've been, uh, I've been working on that. I work has been just crazy. And then I was sick. And then on top of that, I was trying to get a bunch of videos done because I was sick, uh, which kind of brings us to, I don't know if you guys saw the Celasta um, uh, video game review I did. Uh, and, th and that was like a paid thing. But like, I, I want to point out, like, I really liked it. Like, I thought it was yeah. really fun. I've talked to and, several And I gave Lucian a, a key. Yeah. And so he's been playing a little bit. But like, what did you think? Like, we got... We'll go ahead. We'll talk about that first. But. Yeah, yeah. So I've talked to a couple people that have already played it, and they liked it a lot. Um, they compared it to being right on par with Baldur's Gate 3, which is also, and that's a AAA pretty fun game. So far, I've jumped in. I like, I've done the character creator, and I played around to see what types of characters I could, like, could I build all my previous characters mm -hmm. that I've played? And I, I was able to get quite a few of those, and I liked how it walked you through the character party generation. And so after I, I played a couple hours with that and now I have the party I want to play. So I'm about to start the campaign and see what it's like to bring those characters through the campaign. So mm -hmm. I'll get to see that part next, but it has been, I like the character generator. I like what they've done. It is five E it's all familiar, but there's cool stuff about it too. That's slightly different. And yeah, I'm interested to it's see a, it's a cool world, but they they took the SRD, which is the system mm -hmm. reference document, the OGL, and then uh, or the open gaming license. So they took all the free stuff that Wizards has given, and they made a video game about that. But that's a very tiny sliver of D and D five e. So they had to expand and make their own stuff. So there's new spells in there. Yeah. Um, there was like a cantrip that blinds people that I thought was really yep. interesting and tactic. Tactic wise, it's all grid based movement and you have 30 feet of movement mm -hmm. and stuff and you have to have line of sight so you can hide behind things and then they can't cast spells on you. Mm -hmm. uh, they're building a dungeon builder, which I thought was really interesting. And I, I, uh, I that might be released now. I haven't checked lately, but mm -hmm. uh, it's it's early access. So you're getting not the full game, but like it has yeah. a lot of potential. It's it's and yeah. it's and it, fun I think so far. Like I really like it. My one friend that's playing it, he said he got to a certain part and there was a bug that stopped him. Oh, okay. He couldn't get past it yet. And he's like, so I'm going to wait a little while until I go back and try it again. Mm -hmm. Cause I'll probably have that result. So definitely if you do pick it up wherever you got it, uh, I was lucky enough to get it with um, Jordan here on steam they may have it in other places, but if you go pick nah, it up, it's just steam. <laughs> early access. So mm -hmm. just be ready that, you know, they're working on it. They're yeah. adding to it. There's going to be bugs here. But it's got voice acting. They've got uh, they've yeah. got English voice actors. I think it's a German company, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting into the campaign. And yeah. I would really, really, I should go back, like you said, because if they create an, your own adventure generator, me and you have always raved about Neverwinter Nights back yeah. in the day. That game I still allowed you to Never create adventures for <laughs> for other people to play. Yeah, so and good. it was just cool. <laughs> I love that game. You could script things. You could mm -hmm. put pathing for characters. Yep. You could put in all kinds of scripts that just let certain sounds hit when they got to a certain point mm -hmm. and you could change lighting in some ways and you could do all this cool stuff. And I remember, I don't think anybody played any of the ventures I built, but I spent hours and hours and hours creatively building adventures on that. <laughs> oh yeah. I would, I Love would create, it. uh, cause I had my like level 20 sorcerer or whatever. And mm -hmm. I would create like a bunch of monsters just to see if I could fight them. 
Like, yeah. can I take Arena down style. a red dragon? And like, I would just build this forest and then I would go fight yeah. dragons and I die a lot, but it was, yeah. I don't know, it was so fun. Like, okay, the red dragon got me this time, but like, I could do this. Um, and so yeah. specifically the tools in Celesta are gonna be like building a dungeon that your, mm -hmm. your, your friends could then run through, but like, it's gonna yeah. be. Could I recreate? Like, Dragon on the mountain. Could I yeah. recreate that part where you go into the caves and you and you see some stuff in the background? <laughs> so I mean, and then on the topic of video game slashes, uh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, Baldur's Gate Three is clearly also an early access, and people are enjoying that. They got they're big getting patches, updates, big patches. Races, um, I catch a friend of the show LB every so often playing yeah. that on Nerd Immersion's channel with uh, mm -hmm. Celeste and lazy mermaiden uh very fun people they're they they're running through um but dark alliance is coming out too and you remember yeah. that terrible first trailer of dark alliance and then i hated the first oh, one and then loved the second the, one. the second one looks really good so i think they they i don't know what they were thinking with that first one it was so bad i wonder if you could still fight it i need to watch i'm it sure again. it's out there but that weird running yeah that layer like, witch cam <laughs> so bad but uh <laughs> i'm excited for dark alliance actually like i like yeah. i like the characters of drist and stuff and i think it'll be yeah. a lot of fun but the, i'm more excited to just like you know attack uh giants and beholders and stuff with my friends like i think that yeah. would be a lot of fun so the fact that like me and you and we can grab other people maybe even people from the chat we could do it like after a saturday morning or something that would be a lot of fun so that would be fun so and i uh, yeah, threw in there out. i kind of added in there because those were all the ones that were D, &D related but magic's sort of D, &D related <laughs> because not only are they doing crossovers these days yeah. they're about to have a D, &D set and they're they're doing stuff but you can also get magic legends out on epic um, launcher. So that's another one like steam. It's free. It's an open beta. You don't have to pay anything. Mm -hmm. And I downloaded it and it was pretty fun to play. You pick one of your planeswalkers, one of the colors, and then you get your sets of skills based on the color of magic you choose. And you okay. kind of run through a story and you kill creatures and you know, you're just doing this whole thing. Diablo kind of style, not a lot of like loot dropping or anything, but at least using cool abilities and seeing cool graphics and getting to fight cool creatures and stuff. So, right. and you're just fighting like, uh, it, it's not, it's not a MOBA or something where you're fighting against another no, team or anything, but it is stuff that comes from magic, the gathering. So yeah. it's like, um, what it is, is are you the, a planeswalker you, or yeah, you're a planeswalker okay. and you come in and there's another planeswalk, two planeswalkers are fighting and then one loses <laughs> and he tells you, Hey, go chase after her and stop whatever she's doing. So you jump through a portal and, and she keeps summoning things that chase after you, try to slow you down as you're trying to chase. Oh, okay. Them. And the story kind of builds from there. Okay. So there's these things that are coming from the world. And they're trying to stop you or, or kill you. And you're using your planeswalker abilities to get through them. So it's interesting. Um, but, and it's free. So, you know, why not try it out? And it's yeah. uh, pretty cool. Um, in con news, uh, we've been doing a lot of virtual cons, yeah. and this is another virtual convention. Gary Con is this week. I, yes, I'm Gary sure Con. I looked up. Gary Con is this week. Um, Gary Con is happening digitally this weekend. Uh, mm -hmm. And but anyway, I was going to talk about uh, Goodman Games is partnered with the Dungeon Masters Guild and Wizards of the Coast, and they're doing uh, Dungeon Con May twenty eighth. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just want to like I know I talk about DCC a lot, but. Um, they, they are also trying to do a lot of 5th edition stuff. And they recently hired a bunch of uh, writers to make 5th edition, not conversions, but or 5th edition material, but with their weird OSR mindset. And so I had a couple friends that was like uh, submitting, you know, like, hey, hire me. Here's a, here's a typical thing. Sure. But um, they have been doing really good with this online convention stuff. They've been consistently doing it. I participated in, I think it was Spawn of CyclopsCon, uh, or Bride of CyclopsCon. That's what I played in. <laughs> but this one's going to be 5e focused, Dungeons and Dragons focused. And so I thought that's really fun. We're in. Uh, their latest <laughs> Kickstarter was a Crypt of the Devil Lich. Um, and it just funded yesterday. So, or it, it, it met its goal, but it, it closed yesterday. Um, but they had uh, they they are releasing the book for both 5e and Dungeon Crawl Classics. So I bought it twice so I can have both <laughs> versions. I'm really excited. Uh, but that's the kind of I don't know. I like that. And I want to see, like, what's the difference between these games? Like, I thought that would be kind of interesting. So yeah. uh, check out. I mean, it's May 28th. It's, it's a while away. And then I think Dungeon DCC Days is June. 
uh, and I'm I should be vaccinated by then. So I'm gonna go to my local game store and be like, hey, I wanna I wanna run Dungeon Crawl Classics for you guys. So yeah, I think that'd be a lot. And of they fun. they switched Gen Con's dates. Oh, did they? I thought they canceled it. They again. they moved it to September, I think. So maybe they said limited. They're going to limit the size, Ugh. but that might be because a lot of people might not want to go anyway. So that would have limited the size in the first place. Plus they might limit the size themselves depending on what they want to do, but I'm going to see if I can still get to go or what's going Ugh. on with that. I wanna... They're going to do the online one in August still. Okay. But they're going to, they move the live in Indianapolis thing to, I think September or October, one of the two. Okay. Man, I just want to see all my friends and lick their I faces. Do. I just want you want to touch things again. Yeah, I'm like, oh, look at your face. I miss you so much. Uh, okay, yeah. That, so, Adventure League. Uh, oh, and it's like an Adventure League. Oh, and another thing that I thought was interesting with DCC. Um, sorry, I'm just gonna go talk about how much I love. They created. Uh, yeah, drink again, DCC. There you go. Drink it up. They created. Um, or they they're introducing something called DCC Legacy. So much like Adventure League in D&D where you you have your character you you could go to any table and mm -hmm. following these rules you're kind of balanced for the table so you can only have certain amount of magic items and things like that uh they're doing the exact same thing for Dungeon Crawl Classics and that seems way fun so there is um some PDF guidelines to creating a legacy character and then with that legacy character you could uh uh, you could just go to conventions and be like, hey, I'm level two. And they're like, we've got a spot for level two. You sit down and you play. And that sounds yeah. really fun. Uh, yeah, Gen Con, September 16th to the 19th. Thank you, BK Dan. Thanks. Maybe we'll get to go. Uh, Gary, I, so Gary said, which cover did I choose? Uh, I got the, there was some cover controversy with Crypt of the Devil Lich. I don't know if you know this, but uh -oh, there, there was, uh, they, apparently, controversy. apparently they used some art they weren't supposed to. And so the original cover, amazing. Can't have it now. Nope. Not allowed. <laughs> so they brought uh, another another one. And uh, the other cover, not good. Really, really not good. So then people were like, the people were un, unfunding because they didn't like the cover. So oh then they, they hired Doug Kovacs, who does a lot of the art for DCC. And he came and he did a really fast painting uh, as fast as he could. It, it looks really good. But... Um, yeah, he took this and he he made a thing. Uh, so now the book has two covers. You can get the Doug Kovacs cover or the crappy one. Uh, I I'm sure it's not labeled as the crappy. No, one. no, but for, that's for how the Jordan out there and, that yes. might be a fan of our show. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> not a good cover. The less desirable. One. Less desirable from Jordan's opinion. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, but so long story short, I backed both of them, and so my fifth edition is the original cover. The, the, uh, the not good one. And my DCC one is the cool Doug Kovacs cover. Uh, but the original art was so good. It was this like, oh, like holding a chalice and oh, you, know, you were just like, that's something I want to back. And they were like, yeah. and they won't talk about it. Like I dug through the comments cause I was curious and they're just like, mm -hmm. we don't, we can't talk about it. There was some loss, something, something cease and desist got dropped. And they were like, get All rid right, of it. Fine. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but I'm very excited. That's that's like the, you know how much I love Tomb of Horrors and yes. Crypt of the Devil Lich is like the the next hardest. That iconic. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's going to be so good. I'm so excited. Um, I think we're going to skip College of Monsters because we've right. been talking a lot of news and I want to talk about games, but specifically, Lucian, have you been games. playing any games? I've been playing Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Ooh. We are hunting this Mad Mage down. We may have captured a version of this Mad Mage in a little globe, and I have no idea what it's going to do when we do something with it because it's very interesting. We had some interesting fights in a forest. In uh, in underground forest? Yeah. So what is this magic? Stuff. I don't it's like crazy it. crazy stuff. It's weird. I don't like it. Uh, and the people there that lived there didn't like us, so we had <laughs> a run-in which is really what our group does all the time anyways. We're pretty much clearing it out so that any of the adventurers that come down the yawning portal after us, they're kind of like, it's just empty. <laughs> just like, There's what? just nobody here. <laughs> I, there's a broken table over there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah why is there blood on the floor? That's Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but our group's a little um, 
a little combat heavy and we love it and we fight everything we can find. And so we're going through, but it's still a cool premise where our premise is we work for Acquisitions Inc. We are a franchise in Waterdeep and they have, we, our franchise's mission is to map um, the Dungeon of the Mad Mage to help uh, Owen or Omen. Omen drawn, yeah. Omen drawn, figure out if he want how he wants to exploit it, you know, for corporate purposes. Oh yeah. So we're, we're that's why we're down there and we're we're mapping it out. We think the level we're on now is going to make a good place for the first outpost of Hack Inc. in Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Kind of found a place that we think we can secure, man it with guards and stuff, and keep it, and then we can use it as a way to get up to the surface and back down to this level, skipping bunches of other levels and stuff. So it's really fun. So it's funny that we think about it in that way. Like we're going to put little outposts as we move further and further down in this, this crazy dungeon. I'm enjoying the high level play. Um, what level are you now? Tougher. I'm split. So I am a level six arcane archer and a level three um, cleric of the um, twilight twilight domain. Yeah. What's your God? Konshu. Ooh. Do I know that guy? Moon Knight's God from oh. Marvel, but <laughs> he okay. let me use it. It's an Egyptian God, so it kind okay. of fits in there. You can use some of those. Um, we're having a lot of fun. Some of them are, some of our characters are actually not, or some of our players are full nine. So that's not, well, you're nine. Area. You're level nine. Like, yeah, but that's how it works. Level nine abilities. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, the night level wah, nine spells wah, you're for fine. a cleric yet, you know. But we're getting to that spot that you really liked also, too, that nine, ten level. Yeah when you're playing a character class really starts to open up into crazy superheroism stuff. Yep. And we're kind of there now. So that's nice. It's making it pretty hard on our dungeon master. I'm thinking he's having to really pump up the encounters because the ones that are listed in the book are no match for our party whatsoever. So he's really, really having to throw stuff in. So be aware yeah. of dungeon masters that are running that your players get higher level and you have to ramp the content up even more than you would think to challenge and those it's players. A, it's a fine it's tipping point too. Cause I'm, yeah, like, like, well, last week with Nathan, he was just like, I only run deadly encounters now because yeah. like running anything less than that is just like waste of time almost. It's kind of sad. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. And, and get away from, here's a tip to dungeon masters, get away from this idea that you're going to throw one cool, big bad guy and you're going to have a party of these players fight him. It's never going to work yeah. no matter what CR they are. Always think about however many actions your party has. Find a way that they don't have enough actions to deal with everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if if that means they have, you know, there's there's we have uh, five players in our group. So most of us can do two or three things, average it out. So you need 15 things, targets for those players to have to worry about. Mm -hmm. So when you build that encounter, Put in 16 or 17 targets because <laughs> then then they're like, crap, we have to make some decisions here. We have to do some things and that'll make it a lot more interesting and fun. So don't do the whole CR thing. I think the CR thing is just dead at this point. Uh, yeah, at least at that level. Maybe yeah. it works out, you know, first, second, third level. It's fine. But throw it away after that and just just start doing action economy stuff. Count up the actions of what you think they can do average um, and match it or give them a couple of more that they have to worry about and have to deal with. It makes it mm. more fun for everybody. So very cool. I'm enjoying it. Um, that's going to be fun. I can't wait to get a little bit further. I did make my party in Celeste. We already talked about that. So that's what I've been doing. Um, I put my, Hey, it's spring. So I put my brand new electric bike together. <gasps> you have an electric, that's fun. I'm going to ride my electric bike today when we're done. That's cool. Exercise in. Yeah, yeah, we've got a, a we got like a, a bike seat for the little boy too, and so we've been going on bike oh, rides. Cool. It's been fun. Very cool. But what did Jordan do in games? Yeah. Uh. Well, I did not play a lot of games, so oh, I was. Right, show uh, over, guys. Yeah. Well, Thanks. bye everyone. See you later. <laughs> no. So man, I I didn't have COVID, but I was so sick. Yeah, like, you said that. Yeah. I was awake for two hours, and then I'd fall asleep. I try to put movies on, and I'm like, "What?" And then, and I decided to watch Tenet, and that was dumb because I can't. This was before you got the shot, though, too, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It was before I got the shot. Yeah, it was something, and nothing. Nobody in the house caught it, other than me. So that's good. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so because of that, I missed a couple games, uh, and we, but we did wrap up our, um, we did wrap up our other game. 
uh, and we we voted on what to play next. Yeah. So how um, much is how how much further are you guys into this? Have you decided your characters? Has anything else been decided, or just the game you're gonna play? Yeah. Well, okay. So just the game so far, but we're gonna Still play done. Numenera. Okay. Um, I'm gonna run Numenera, so I'm a little nervous because we're we're starting tonight. I got an I bought an adventure. I got uh the Devil's Spine, mm -hmm. um, and this is uh uh from what I was told, it's a good starter adventure for both game master and player in the world of Numenera. And I was mm -hmm. like, that's what I want. And a lot of people recommended it, so I picked it up. It's also broken into three parts. And so I told my players this, where I'm like, we can play one section and kind of have like a fun conclusion. And then there's a little bit more mystery to keep playing the other two parts. So I was like, if you don't want to keep going, like if this just is not the system for you, uh, then we're probably okay. And, or, you know, we can stop is the idea. But um, I've been reading Numenera, trying to figure out the rules again and like wrap my head around it. Uh, and I always get worried about new systems. I'm like, oh man, I've never ran this before. But I have to remember, it's just my friends. Like we're gonna be, you know, yeah. like they're fine. They're like, oh yeah, whatever, look up a rule. I don't care, I'm gonna, I'll go Lucian get a beer. Like, yeah. So if you need to call okay, me, yeah. to I got my Numenera book ready. <laughs> I'll phone a friend. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, they actually, I'll, I'll bring up some, uh, some stuff. We were talking about it yesterday and I think, uh, one of them wants to play a mutant. And so I was like, is that, a, is that an option? And so I was digging through the, uh, discovery book and you can change your focus. So you could be, you can be like, I'm a charming glaive, but apparently yep. there's like a secret one called I'm a mutant glaive. And then you can roll on this mutant table and you have to roll is what they said in the book uh, to get a random mutation that could be helpful or harmful. And I was like, oh, that's fun. And so we got one guy that wants to be a mutant. Uh, another one is going to be kind of a, um, a mechanical nano who controls gravity. Um, yes. That's what Nathan wants to that's play. Very cool. And Nathan said, he's like, basically, I'm going to be a Dunamancy wizard in Numenera from yeah. uh, from Critical Roles World. So, yeah. Uh, That's what's yeah. cool about Numenera is your class is like a sentence. It's almost a haiku. It's almost a, a short. Yeah, it's a it's a little are. sentence that describes it. your character more yeah, than yeah, uh, very clever. Because then you're not like oh I'm this like you're you you bundle, yeah. uh, it to put it in D and D five E terms. Uh, when I was reading it and I was trying to explain it to my players, I was like you kind of wrap your uh, character background your class. Into and end your alignment into a sentence, and then that sentence kind of yeah. defines who you are and how you play. Uh, yeah. and it's really fun. So, tonight we're gonna basically just build characters, um, oh, so fun, and figure out our connections with everybody else, which is one of my favorite things about role playing mm -hmm. games. I think that's why I love kids on bikes so much because mm -hmm. the first half of kids on bikes is creating the world we're gonna play in and everybody's relationships with each other. And then we get to see how that plays out. So I'm really excited. Um, and then I think if we have time, which we probably will, I'll run them through a quick combat just to be like, this is how combat works. This is how, it, you know, so we'll see. But yeah, yeah. so exciting. Numenera. Uh, I know we're like the Saturday morning D&D show, but like uh, I, I haven't been excited for, I haven't ran a game I feel since, uh, well, I ran a little bit Rata of kids on bikes parts. and stuff, but 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 Rod of yeah, Seven Parts, basically. real run, yeah, yeah, where you're running sessions yeah. and you're really and so uh, this will be a lot of fun, and it's also just a fun new challenge of new mm -hmm. system and new world and the new Monero world, so interesting. And I've been reading, yeah. and all they that do stuff, all the rolling. So. That's what I love. Yeah. like when something tries to hit them, they roll yeah. to dodge it. I, yeah, when I don't have to roll any dice. They roll to do something. I don't have to roll any dice. So excited. <laughs> you get GM intrusions mm -hmm. and that's if they, if they take them, they can get some XP make always remind them of that because sometimes they hear GM intrusion. They're like, no, I want to be able to do this thing, but you got to remind them like, but you get XP. Yeah. And, and that's the only that. way you get experience is through <laughs> yeah. intrusions yeah. and other, there's other mechanics, but you don't get experience yeah. from defeating a, a monster. And right. so yeah. there is no mechanical game, mechanical wise to actually kill this monster, which is something that I really love. Like you're, you're probably going after it just for your own survival. But mm -hmm. like, I, you're not thinking like, man, if I, if I could find four more orcs, I could level up. Like it, it's not yeah, a game like that. And I like that. Um, no, when I was playing with uh, uh, Judge James at yep. um, 
at Gen Con. Gen Con. Yep. Um, he had a really fun thing where he would hold up playing cards and that was the experience. And so he would mm-hmm. hold them up and look at you and he's like, do you guys, do you, can I, can I, mm? and so we'd be like, I, okay, yeah, give us the, ex- and then he'd like throw them down and he's like, you yeah. don't remember why you're here. And I was like, this yeah. is so fun. So I have a, I have a deck of cards that I'm going to bring. Cause I really like that mechanic. And then you could also like look down. I was going to use coins, but I like cards cause I can kind of throw them across the table. Mm-hmm. So we're going to use a deck of cards and it'll be fun. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this. It's, be fun. <laughs> it's a good game. It's a very good game. And the world is wonderful. Wonderful. Numenera is so awesome. Oh, so and cool. yes, sorry. So uh, BK Dan, I will not be Twitch streaming this game. Uh, oh. But uh, I am going to do some Twitch streams, maybe some YouTube streams, uh, because I just have a bigger audience on YouTube um, dealing with Endegar. Um, and, but it all kind of depends on schedules and stuff, but I'd like to do more of my, uh, kind of explaining my module D six system and, uh, my world of Endegar and things like that. So, but Numenera will not be, not be Twitch streamed. Well, I'll do this. I'll commit. I'm going to run Jordan's module D six world as a dungeon master when he's finished it on my channel. Oh, that would be fun. Play test it. That's what I need. Yeah. Now I got to code the Roll20 app for it. Yeah, Ugh. but we got Nathan, so yeah, that's true. maybe he, he's, he can code <laughs> with us, maybe. Possibly. <laughs> uh, fantastic. That's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys that's so much for show. coming out and hanging out with us this fine Saturday morning. Um, this was a good show. We had a lot of, a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Always we'll a pleasure, like a Mr. Morning, Co-host. We'll do Sunday morning, Numenera, Monday night, DCC, Tuesday. No, yeah, <laughs> we should have like eight different shows. <laughs> it's the Wednesday 3 p.m. Numenera show yeah. with your host. Ah, <laughs> uh, so uh, funny. All right. Okay. Take us out. We got yep. stuff to do. I'll see you guys later. Uh, go enjoy a bike ride. Happy spring. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, That's everybody. Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.